Hi, this is Mark Bowles, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo, and my guest today is the incredible singer Mark Bowles. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's talk about the new Shining Black album, Postcards from the End of the World. Uh, it's very much a continuation of, of where you left off from the debut album, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's progressed along a little bit farther down the road of the, mm. where we want to go with the band, because... Uh, I think uh, we have a really good chemistry between Olaf and myself, and uh, we really like working together. And I think we came up with something even better than the first album. I have to agree, yeah. And I think the collaboration between you two started when you were going to help him out with a, a labyrinth record, right? But the schedules did not align back then? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad he came back to me and, uh, you know, get, we got another chance to work together because uh, I, had, I had never worked with him before. Mm. And... Uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't able to do that record with them back then. Um, it just didn't work out. It was all my fault. It was not. They were waiting for me to do it. So uh, uh, I'm glad that we had another chance to work together because it's. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't start much earlier because we'd have been far, much farther down the road. Uh, I had no idea that we'd click so well. Yeah, and I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think the fact that the two albums were released too. Uh, like this close to each other suggests to me that you have bigger plans for this band. Am I right in assuming that or not? Yes. Uh, we started making the first album as a project, but we really love working together so much. We can't wait to go play some shows and make it into a real band because that's what it takes. You can't just uh, put out albums. Uh, yeah. We need to, uh, we need together. And I think, you know, it's going to get better and better as time goes by. Okay. So there's definitely plans to like put some, put a show together and go out on the road. Yeah. Or? Hmm. Yes, we are trying at the moment to start off in South America and Japan. Okay. And go from there. So awesome. Yeah. We have, and, we have some offers for those two places already. So, oh, good stuff. Does that involve Brazil by any chance? Because that's where I'm from. Oh, really? I thought yeah. I'd recognize the accent. You know, my <laughs> wife is Brazilian. Oh, is I, she? Okay. All right. She's from Sao Paulo. Where are you from? I'm from Rio, but I live in Toronto now. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't sound like a Toronto accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mix, yeah. <laughs> But it's a very familiar one to me. I have a lot of friends in Brazil, obviously, uh, you know, having family now yeah. down there with my wife. So uh, I love Brazil. I love Brazilian people. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and let me go back to the album title for a while, because it's quite a, the premonition there, postcards from the end of the world. Uh, everything, like considering everything that's going on right now with Ukraine and COVID, I mean, how far back did you think of the title? Uh, well, it was during the pandemic, which was bad enough, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, I definitely don't want to take credit for things getting worse. I, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't our plan. Uh, of course. I really, I really hope that the whole, all this massive situation will end up making people yeah. care more about each other and, and become more caring about the rest of the world and not just about our own little circle of uh, life that we yeah. have. And we're so blessed with in, in USA and in Canada, we, we, we have a, a life here that 
people would love to have that don't have it in many parts of the world. So yeah. I really hope that it helps people come together more. Uh, in the end, it's it, right now it doesn't look good, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. It can it can turn around. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw a sign the other day saying that, you know, we're lucky to live in a place where the, the only thing to complain about is the weather right here in Toronto. So that's that's very much true. Yeah. Well, our, our gas prices. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I believe the first single is also the title track. And the second one yeah. is more on the power metal vein. It's 100,000 Shades mm-hmm. of Black, right? Uh, right, right. Yeah. Very cool videos that you made for both songs. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We, uh, we had a bit of a fight with the Frontiers about the, the singles because mm. we, there was some other songs that we liked even better than, well, we, we definitely wanted to do postcards, uh, but, mm. uh, and we liked, I mean, I love uh, 100,000, but uh, there were some other songs that we liked even more, but yeah. hopefully people will get to hear those too. Yeah. I love, for example, We Are Death Angels, which is pure metal by yeah. contrast, right? With the other ones. Yeah. 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 A lot of my friends like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And like Leaves of November, for example, which has a ballad kind of feel, but also prog elements here and there. It's a bit of everything right. on that song. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was really fun album to make and we it was came together flawlessly without any problems at all so uh yeah, yeah. Olaf and I are really good friends even though we haven't technically met yet but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're just working together like this like I talking to you that's how I talk to him so yeah someday but it's coming coming yeah. soon well, well, I think t- we'll take it to the next level then yeah and tell me about that experience of writing an album 100% virtually. I mean, how different is that from actually sitting in a room and jamming and, and whatnot? Well, it depends on, I mean, it is definitely not, not as good for me. I, I prefer being in, I, I, I think there's a different chemistry that happens when you're in the room mm-hmm. with a band and, and you start working on ideas, uh, you know, on the spot. Yeah. However, there's... There's another chemistry that happens virtually too. So, uh, but I prefer the first, first yeah. way, the, yeah. you know, in person way. Yeah. I, I hope you guys can get together and write the third one and the fourth and whatever comes next, man. Because you know this band is definitely promising. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, next time if he if he doesn't come to USA, I'll go to Italy because I, <laughs> I I love Italy, so there's no problem. Oh I'm yeah. Italian too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like how diverse and varied uh, the sound is on this album. For example, you, you have a song like Faded Pictures of Me, which is purely a ballad. Uh, and it's, uh-huh. it's probably the only one like that in the album. Yeah. Was that, yeah. Uh, was that like intentionally, like let's write uh, a very diverse type of album or where we approach different styles or just naturally how it came together? It was pretty natural. It wasn't really thought of that much. Um, one thing we did think of is we didn't want to sound the same, put out the same kind of albums as all the other Frontiers artists uh, <laughs> and sound exactly the same as everybody else. Because that's one of my big beefs about the music business nowadays is everybody sounds the same. and it, yeah. it, 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 Or maybe there's little things that are almost the same, but they, they, they say, okay, I'm going to sound like this, I'm going to sound like this. And the, you know, the production sounds the same. The song yeah. sounds the same, the vocal sounds the same, and you can't tell who's, which band it is, uh, you know. And then in the old days, when I was a kid growing up, the bands all sounded different, and the styles were different, the, the production sounded different. 
and it was, uh, you know, everybody was very individual. Um, so we're, we're trying to just be a little bit off, off the uh, beaten path as far as uh, sounding the same as everybody else. Um, you know, it's nothing, you know, game changing, but, but we're, we're striving to, to just do the best music we can. Yeah. Rather than copying somebody else, you know. As someone who's bombarded with releases every week, like myself, like I, I have received everything from Frontiers, from Inside Out or Century Media, whatever is there, I receive. And I have to agree with that sentiment that after a while, everything starts to sound the same. And so, yeah, props yeah. to you for, sounds, for trying to do something. It sounds new. good. <laughs> it sounds good. But like, which band was that? Oh, I got to, uh, sounds kind of like that band, but. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it's it's difficult to distinguish yeah for sure uh and i have to say one of the things uh, that i find great about writing about music and speaking with guys like you is the opportunity to discover new music uh, honestly i was a fan of your output with malmstein i'm a fan of tony McAlpine and virgil donati but i had no idea until last week that you guys were all together in a band called ring of fire uh yeah such an awesome band <laughs> yeah yeah we did a few albums we, i think we did four albums four yeah. or five anyway yeah. but I, i still have as a version of that band together tony's uh, he's just doing strictly solo stuff now yeah and virgo has his own, own thing going but uh vitaly is still working with me vitaly kupri okay and uh, we have we have a new album that'll come out later in the year it's not oh, quite awesome. finished yeah yeah, yeah. but that was in the neoclassics actually it's really classical this album it's really uh little concertos for songs <laughs> oh okay okay no there's a whole uh there's a whole show of yours uh, i think in japan on youtube i watched everything and uh -huh. I'm like oh my god every track is like a different adventure just wild wild songs man <laughs> yeah and i didn't know yeah, anything about that project so yeah and that was the first show we ever did with that oh. band so <laughs> yeah first show ever and it yeah it lives on now so good for for better or worse but it was pretty it was pretty good yeah and uh, you sing on the trilogy album with uh malmstein and came back almost 10 years later for alchemy uh, mm -hmm. how would you describe the two experiences of recording those two albums 10 years apart well they're very different because uh the trilogy album was the first album i ever did in my life so the first time i was in a big studio oh okay we were Village Recorder, a very famous studio in LA, mm -hmm. had a big budget and uh, lots of wasted money and wasted time. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it was a it's my first experience in the business. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any anything about it. And uh, when I came back ten years later, I thought uh, the experience as with Malmstein was not particularly satisfying as far as a lot of things uh, musically. Yeah. When we played live, it was really fun but uh, other aspects were not. So I thought 10 years later, he'd be a little bit easier to get along with and, and maybe matured a little bit. Mm. However, it wasn't the case really. <laughs> okay. He pretty much stayed the same. And I, I think he's still the same uh, even nowadays uh, as he was when he started out. He's pretty much just, uh, he's one of the people that doesn't change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I had more experience the second time around and, uh, And we did a big tour with uh, with a really good band with Tommy Aldrich on drums, and mm. uh, it was it was the tour was really fun. Uh, right. And uh, and uh, you know I went away again, and I came back a few years later and, and did a couple more albums with him. <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Anyway, yeah. I'm proud of my work that I've done with him and with everybody. So. 
Yeah. I actually talked to John Macaluso a lot on Facebook and we're planning an interview soon and he has fond memories of touring with you. Yeah, I love John. He's a great guy and a fantastic drummer, man. And he's yeah. funny. He's super funny. He is. We laugh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, Trilogy is obviously a fan favorite, but there's a song on Alchemy called Leonardo where your voice goes into the stratosphere, which I love. Yeah, Ingrid was pushing me. He kept saying, <laughs> do it again. Do it. Sing higher. Uh, it's not high enough. Sing higher. Nah, got to be more aggressive, more high. No. <laughs> What is that note that you hit on the chorus there? It's just insane. Only dogs can listen to that note. <laughs> yeah, it's, it should be kind of illegal. However, yeah. I've had Japanese people say, oh, I had a pain in my neck. I listened to that note. It made it feel better. I fixed my neck. <laughs> that's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it, that's the kind of things you hear uh, from men. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, and uh, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. Well, John Macaluso, I have a picture of this really funny because when we recorded the, the Alchemy album, we were in uh, the old uh, BG studio uh, in uh, Miami. Uh, I forgot the name of it now, but um, he was sweaty. He, he, they had him, I don't know, they, they gave him a hard time. And yeah. he was sweating so much, the headphones wouldn't stay on. So he tied a microphone cable around his head to hold the headphones on when he's playing. <laughs> Amy is pushing him back. Play more aggressive. Play that more. No, more. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I picked him with the, with the uh, microphone cord tied around his head. That's funny. I, I better not show that to anybody, though. That's he, might get mad. he might get mad at me. No, no, he's a cool guy. He's going to love that we, that we mention him. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I believe you opened uh, for ACDC while singing with Yngwie uh, a couple of times, right? Did you have a chance yeah, to interact did. with ACDC and what were they like? Yeah, super nice guys. They're, they're a machine. Uh, they were and they, I mean, they're still together. Yeah. The ones that are left. Uh, and, you know, Brian, the singer, I hung out with him a lot. He was really a funny guy. Super funny. We drank a lot of Jack Daniels together and <laughs> laughed a lot. And uh, the uh, I, I became friends with that bass player too, Cliff. And uh, yeah, he was a really cool guy too. I, I, I met uh, Angus and, and uh, Malcolm. Mm. were really cool but they're kind of quiet they're kind of quiet guys off stage you know right and um, malcolm was kind of the boss of the band actually and mm. uh nobody nobody thinks of that probably but yeah he kind of <laughs> ran kind of ran the band and i'm sure they miss him a lot yeah uh, but they were really cool guys it was really together it was it was like a machine everything was spot on perfect every night and we did two two full tours, two full USA tours with them. So it was oh. a lot of shows, a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were also the loudest band on stage of any band I've ever seen. They on are. stage volume, not out front volume. I'm talking on stage volume. Okay. Just, and that's why I mean, Brian. That's why he's losing his hearing. I mean, yeah. Even with in ears in, it's too it's too fucking loud. I mean. Yeah. Sounds great, though. <laughs> I think he kind of recovered now, but yeah, he suffered with that for many years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I, the, when I first he, he gave me a copy of his uh, a single that he had a band that he had uh, what called Gordy Jordy Jordy yeah Jordy yeah. He said, "Listen to this. This this is what my voice is <laughs> sound like." Now you see what they did to my voice. Listen to what they did to my voice. Yeah, well, he had a totally different register back then. It was, it was more like a yeah. slave type of, band, type of band, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. He was a very cool guy. I found that very fond memories working with him. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me about the time you spent playing bass with Dokken. Uh, I mean, you helped Don a little bit with the backing vocals, right? Uh, what kind of memories do you have of that time? Ah, really good memories. He's still a really good friend of mine. I, I did mm. the backing vocals on, on the Broken Bones album and the new one that's coming out, too. I just recorded uh, the vocals at his place in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. He lives on a mountain now okay. in New Mexico. Beautiful okay. place. And uh, he, he's a really good friend of mine. And I, I, you know, I have so much respect for his work, his early work, all the doc and stuff. Uh, I was a huge fan when I was a kid. Uh, and so it was really fun to to work with them. And I was able to when I play when I played bass with them, he would go down to the harmony notes and I would sing the higher notes because okay. he, his his range is not what it used to be. But um, yeah. he's still a very, very cool guy and fun and stories. Just talk about stories. That guy's got more stories than that. <laughs> I bet. I, yeah. oh, he's like an encyclopedia of, uh, <laughs> of rock and roll history, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about him is that he's genuine about his, you know, the change in his voice. He doesn't try to hide or anything. Right? No. Yeah. No, he's very easygoing. He doesn't, he doesn't take care of himself like he should. Yeah. Even though everybody tells him, including me, I tell him, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't be hard on him because it's his, it's his life and, and he's so nice. You just can't, you can't, be yeah, you know, just say, okay, do it, do what you're gonna do. You're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the, are you still doing the Rating the Rock Vault shows or not? No, no, mm -hmm. that uh I did it for uh, all five and a half years around mm -hmm. almost six years. Yeah. And that, you know, there's great people in that show. Howard Lease from Hardy's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. bass player from Bon Jovi, Hugh McDonald. And we had Doug Aldrich a lot of yeah. the time. And, Dave Amato on guitar and Tracy Guns on guitar. It was, it was really fun, really fun hanging. We we had more fun hanging out backstage even than playing, but because everybody's got the stories, and yeah. we have a little have a little drink and tell stories, and it's oh we have to go on stage. Okay, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spoke with Doug a couple of times, you know, through many of his releases, including the Dead Daisies, and he's he's quite proud of his time with the Radio the Rock Vault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had good times. He's a good friend. You know, he played on my first solo album a long, oh. long time ago. Yeah. And so, are uh, you planning anything solo-wise uh, at this point or not? A solo release? Uh, probably next year. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to start working on it uh, after I finish the Ring of Fire album. I, I, I've not decided if it's going to be a solo album or a new band project. Okay. Um, but it'll probably be a solo album. Okay. Got it. And uh, is Foundry still a thing? Uh, are you still collaborating or? Who? With who? Foundry. Oh, Foundry. Yeah, yeah that's that's my local modern rock band that I have. We started last days. And uh, we were lucky enough to work with a cool producer, Colin Britton. Britton, mm -hmm. Britton. I, I never <laughs> I never know how to pronounce it, but he, he's the Papa Roach guy. He, he co-writes their songs and produces them. So. It's a different kind of music, totally, totally different, and uh, just having fun with it. And it's, it's a good project. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more stuff coming with them, too. Yeah. I uh, heard a few songs. It has a modern edge kind of feel, right? A modern rock, yeah. modern metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just simple, short songs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not no, no twiddly bits. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. No solos or anything like No flashy solos or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, little solos, but not, yeah. nothing. Yeah. 
nothing too long. My Got wife it. hates the long guitar solos. But I'm it. working on <laughs> when, I, when I, I, you know, I make her listen to stuff when I'm working on it to get her opinion because mm. she's my worst critic. Uh, when it gets to the guitar solo, she said, oh, fast forward it, fast forward it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Even though I work, I work with only great guitar players. I mean, yeah, yeah. but, you know, yeah. anyway, that's, that's my wife. She's Brazilian, yeah. by the way. You yeah, know? that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think being a metal singer, at least for me, is not just about having a good voice, but you've got to have an attitude as well. You have to, you know, know your way around the stage, right? What makes a good metal singer, in your opinion? Uh, well, you have to have a recognizable voice, I think. I mean, because yeah. it's not really about it's not really about range. Mm -hmm. It's about more about style and more about uh, attitude. Like you said, attitude. That's that's a very good way to put it. Mm -hmm. You got to have a metal attitude because I mean, there's, there's singers that, I mean, I'm a big fan of Lemmy. I mean, the motorhead and listen to the, that, that voice. That's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you call it a singer really, but he's great. I love it. This is the attitude. It's, it's attitude, yeah. rock attitude for a metal singer, metal attitude. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I've seen singers on YouTube. Some of them uh, with, with bands already with voices that are exactly like you or Bruce Dickinson, but without right. 1% of their charisma or attitude, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's another example of everybody copying everybody. Yeah. You know, they, they spent more time on their own style, they'd get somewhere, you know. Absolutely, but, yeah. Use that as a blueprint, but don't make it everything about that particular style, right? So I, I guess that, that would be one way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, you gotta come up with your own thing. I mean, I, I don't know, I just sing, I don't, I try not to copy anybody, but um, mm. but I'm fans of so many different metal singers that you know I'm influenced by them for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love what you did with uh, Dude Disciples uh, uh, for mm. a while, but uh, what was your approach in tackling those Dio songs? Because you absolutely you didn't sound like him, right? But uh, you have to have sort of a respect for the material, right? Yeah. Um, I I approached it just getting the spirit of the of the sound of the, mm -hmm. of the song, you know, the spirit of the songs for me. It's you know, and uh, the attitude. I mean, he had a, a particular kind of attitude. Um, yeah, because that he had a phenomenal voice. He could yeah. sing anything. He could, uh, but he he had that attitude, and he was look out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He liked that word. Look. Out. <laughs> he did, yeah. In a lot of the, his songs, there's that that expression. And by the way, he's a super super nice guy too. We toured with him with Malmsteen, and uh, mm -hmm. he would hang out with fans until six a.m. Yeah, smoking weed, smoking weed, and talking about world. Uh, I mean, talking about really complicated stuff. I mean, he was really intelligent too. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He liked he liked to smoke a lot of weed though. He did. Oh, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Revelations yeah, like, about like, Ryan James Dio. He was, like, huh? he was like the metal Willie Nelson. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a claim you're making there, man. <laughs> well, that's, that's when I was around him anyway. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, well, the music industry has uh, has changed completely from the time that Dio was around and uh, different from where you yeah. started, for sure. Uh uh, what would you say is the main difference nowadays and how to survive in a competitive environment like that? 
I'm still figuring that out because, <laughs> uh, you know, the physical product is not really, I mean, I, I, I don't even, I don't even want to say it, but I don't really mm. like CDs. I like vinyl albums. I, yeah. I like, I wish it just go back to vinyl albums. I think people can appreciate that more yeah. because you have, you can't have a record player in the car anyway. So you, you can listen to it at home because they don't have CD players in cars anymore. So they don't. Yeah. Um, the streaming is much more convenient. Uh, and that's, you're still figuring that stuff out. I mean, how to get paid from it and stuff is, yeah. It's not, it's not very good right now, but I think it'll get better. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but I, I wish they would release this album on vinyl. I, I've been pushing them to do that. and they, They're not so far. I'm going to have to put it out myself. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I forgot so, what your question was now. <laughs> no, in terms of like how to survive in an industry like that, you know, the way it is at this point, a lot of guys are actually giving up or having two, three additional jobs just to make ends meet. Right. It's well, difficult. yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to, you know, I have to record. I'm recording and writing music constantly, but I don't mind that. I'm, mm -hmm. I feel blessed that I'm able to still make a living. I don't have to have a, any other job than music. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, I haven't really most of my life. Uh, not that I wouldn't or couldn't do other things, but um, I feel like it's my mission in life. That's what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I like to keep it simple. <laughs> That's awesome. And in terms of uh, live dates, what can we expect from Shiny Black or otherwise? Well, right now, it's probably going to be Shining Black. Uh, I might do some shows with, uh, with the Foundry also around mm -hmm. the USA. Uh, they've had some songs. They've had some uh, songs on the radio in the USA. So we, I should say we, <laughs> not they. <laughs> uh, it's hard to talk about different things, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the COVID is just getting over. In some countries, it's not over yet. You know, uh, China just had a flare up. And, and Japan is still really hard to go to Japan. You can't really do shows there because you have to quarantine when you land. And mm -hmm. it's just impossible right now. Yeah. And and Japan is one of my favorite places to play, other, other than Brazil. I, yeah. Trust me, I love Brazil. Um, so uh, that's where I met. I met my wife when I was doing shows down there and she was a photographer. She's a photographer and she was, uh, I was doing an interview for one of the rock magazines down there. She was doing the photos. Okay. Rock Brigade uh, probably, or. That sounds familiar. Rock Brigade. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she got me a sandwich and an iced tea <laughs> and that was all it took. <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah well brazil man if you compare the the you know the audience here in canada versus brazil there's really no comparison it's almost depressing when i go to see a show here that a band i saw in brazil seeing them here it's a stark difference but mm -hmm. it is what it is yeah 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 oh well but uh anyway th this is all i had man i want to thank you for for your time and congratulations congratulate you on such a great album uh and all thank the you. best with the new endeavors and hopefully you can pay us a visit here in toronto and uh i'll go oh i'd love to we'll it's one of my favorite too no, i love toronto yeah it's a great city awesome all right, all right. thank take you so much man. take right. care nice cheers, to you. Bye. cheers. Bye.